pinch and a punch for the first of the month and no returns. Gosh, I love this platform I have. And you better believe I will do this every first of any month. It is Friday, March 1st. And hey, this Sunday, by the way, it's Auckland's Round the Bays, which I'm going to be at. I'm not running, though. Don't be ridiculous. I'm emceeing the event. I'll be at the finish line to congratulate you on doing the running. So if you're around, do come and say hi. Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Imogen and this is What's Worth Talking About. Wellington City Missioner talks about growing disillusionment as many struggle with stubbornly high food prices. Sellers seem more optimistic about the housing market as stock levels reach highs not seen in recent years. Golf fanatics are all eyes on the New Zealand Open in Queenstown and there are volunteers aplenty to help spot lost walls. And what are the new perks Air New Zealand's about to tempt its frequent flyers with? All that's coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. A new report from World Vision has delivered a pretty dire verdict on the cost of food here, which won't surprise anyone who buys anything from the supermarket during this cost of living crisis. While food prices in many countries are now on the way down, New Zealand is bucking the trend, lucky us, with a 56% increase in the cost of a sample food basket for 2023 and 2022. Australia experienced a 29% decrease in food prices over that same time period. That puts us in the company of some of the world's poorest nations and a lack of resilience to things like climate change is said to be one of the causes along with a lack of competition. So how are people coping as this pressure from the cost of food goes on and on? Here to tell us is Wellington City Missioner Murray Edridge. You run a social supermarket, uh, the Wellington City Mission does. What is it like trying to keep that stocked? Look, it's hard. It's hard because demand is unprecedented. And listen, I was very pleased to see this report come out, not clearly pleased with the result it reported, but it's a reflection of what we know is happening on the ground. And so we've heard about price increases and we've heard them being reflected as reasonably modest and and affordable for people. That is not the reality. We've got people in our community who are doing life really hard and the cost of everything seems to be going up. And so it's just getting harder and harder So we're seeing more people than we ever saw before. We're seeing different people than we've seen before. And the people we are seeing are just struggling more than they've ever done. The report talks about really basic foods as well. It's oil, it's rice, it's chicken, eggs, all costing more. Have you had to change what you can buy to fill the social supermarket shelves? Not not really, because, I mean, the social supermarket is our attempt to do a charitable distribution of food model that enhances or preserves people's dignity and their respect. And so people get what we call the dignity of choice. We don't just give them what we have. We equip a supermarket so they can have the same choice and the same privilege that you and I might enjoy at our own supermarket. So in fact, it hasn't changed our requirement to stock the supermarket, but we still see people needing to have the basics and and, and you know, people choose wisely. People don't come in and get all the stuff that's kind of frivolous or, or luxuries. People come in normally with a shopping list and they choose the things that they need for themselves and their family. So we're seeing people shop really responsibly. 
we hear and we have heard for such a long time now that there are huge numbers of people needing help and turning to the social supermarkets, but also food banks. Can you sort of give us a number or, or an idea of how big an increase you're seeing? We've just put a, a report out about it that actually what happened in December, we saw a um, a 65% increase in food demand from the previous months. And then that hasn't decreased in January 2024. Wow. So we're seeing cumulative increases that never seem to dip away. And what we know is that life is getting harder and harder for people. So the economic uncertainty, the, the inflationary pressures are just continuing to be cumulative on the families and the individuals that we have the opportunity to walk alongside of. What sort of choices are you hearing about people having to make? Yeah, one of the ones that comes up regularly is people not having hot water in their homes. Now, most of us can't imagine living without hot water or living without lighting. But the cost of power um, is one of those things. Um, and we see people make choices about, do we pay some of the rent arrears or do we pay something that's overdue in our bill or do we, ha- or do we feed the kids? And inevitably, food becomes a discretionary item in the, fam- in the household budget because you can scrimp a bit this week or save a bit here. Um, but inevitably, these things come home to roost. Mara, do you see any end in sight to this? Or is learning to live with and work around as best you can with these cost of living pressures that we have right here, right now, just what we're going to have to get used to? To do my job, one has to be an eternal optimist. And um, we hope we're going to move to a different place for people. And and our job is, is to work with families and individuals that are struggling to ensure that they have some hope and anticipation of life being better. But we've got families now that are, that are demonstrating hopelessness and degrees of of uh, disillusionment and, and desperation that we've never seen before. People are doing life really, really hard. And I think the rest of us need to have an understanding and appreciation of that. There's no other way to put it, as at times are tough. Murray Edridge, thank you very much for your time, Wellington City Missioner. Now, I know I told you this yesterday, but I'm telling you again, because it is Newsable's birthday next Wednesday. It's very exciting. We're turning one. So to celebrate, we're giving you the presents, of course. We have four pairs of earbuds to give away. And there's a couple of things you're going to have to do to get in the draw. Bear with me here. You'll need to listen to our birthday episode on Wednesday. After you've listened, you're going to head to the Stuff Instagram page where you'll be asked for the answer to something we've talked about on the pod. Submit your answer. It won't be difficult, but it will be important to listen to the podcast. You're not going to be able to guess if you haven't listened. Uh, Once you've submitted your answer, you're in the draw. And for an extra entry, extra for experts, why don't you email us a voice note telling us your favourite thing about Newsable? That's a lot of info. Basically, listen on Wednesday, vote on Instagram and send me something you like about Newsable via email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Summer might be over, but in its trail, it's apparently left what those in the industry are calling a healthy housing market. Latest data out this morning has found despite our ongoing economic challenges, sellers are returning to the market and prices have remained stable. Vanessa Williams from realestate.co.nz is here for more on this. Vanessa, what are you talking about when you say full health? What does that mean? Sure. Well, goodness, wasn't February a busy, busy month in the New Zealand property market? 
So we not only had a significant lift in the number of new listings coming onto the market during the month of February, in fact, a 44% increase on this month last year. Now, I will just preface that with the fact that last February was the lowest we had on record. So we're really comparing it to an absolute bottom of the market, but still over 11,000 new properties coming onto the market is a really strong sign. And that has also lifted the amount of total stock that is available for our beautiful buyers out there. Right across the Mutu, we saw over 31,000 homes be available. And that is actually an eight-year high. Wow, we Are the buyers out there, though, to meet this eight-year high? They absolutely are. Sometimes supply and demand, right? If you've got all these houses, yeah, yeah, yeah. no one's them. They haven't been matching up lately, Vanessa. No, dead right. <laughs> but actually, what we've seen is a significant jump again in the uh, number of buyers or people viewing our website. Um, bit of context there. The um, lift in total stock was around 8.1% and we saw around a 10% increase in buyers. So if anything, buyers increased a little bit more than those houses did, but still significant amount of properties for them there to peruse. And what sort of impact are you expecting to see following the latest Reserve Bank's decision to keep the official cash rate steady at 5.5%? I was actually very pleased with that result. I think there is a lot of pressure on the economy at the moment, and I don't think we needed any more. So, I mean, while it would have been nice to see it drop, I was actually very happy with it remaining stable because I think what that does is it gives both buyers and sellers a little bit more confidence in those sort of variables, I suppose, because in any market there are variables, but to see another period of stability, I think will be great for both buyers and sellers. Vanessa Williams from realestate.co.nz, always great to chat. Thank you. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Those Air New Zealand frequent flyer perks are still to come. You do not want to miss those and to never miss anything as important as these because what's more important than a perk? Chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. Golf enthusiasts are getting a good strong fix of their favourite sport with New Zealand's Open underway in Queenstown. And New Zealand golfer Steve Alka could be in the running to finally win the national competition, something he has chased for years. To tell us more about all of this is Sky commentator Jeff Wilson for Newsable Sport, proudly brought to you by Sky, your sport unrivaled. Kia ora, Jeff. I understand you're playing. Are you Are you in the running for the no, title? No, I'm in the pro end. And I won't, be in, I won't be in the running for that title either. I can tell you that for the fact. A field of 156 professionals and amateurs that come together in Queenstown for what is a, a remarkable week. And I've been very fortunate over the last 10, I think so this is the 11th year I've had the opportunity to come down and experience and watch it grow. And all of a sudden we've got a tournament which has got a, a prize pool of $2 million New Zealand, which brings the best available talent from around not just Australia and New Zealand, but coming from Japan, coming from Asia. And Stephen Alka returning from the seniors tour in um, in uh, America to come back and play in his national tournament. So 
Look, there's so much to look forward to over this course of these four days and the weekend. And, you know, look, it's, a, it's an amazing event. It's exciting. There's over 500 volunteers that come from all across New Zealand to become something pretty special. And the weather forecast is good. We've got plenty of spotters out there to find my ball, which is handy. <laughs> You've got your own personal uh, one. <laughs> I, I, I recommend that every spectator keep eyes on. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it'll, it'll be something special. Uh, there's been some talk around Steve Elker and that this is his year to win it as he's won the over 50s comps on the PGA Tour eight times yep. already. Yep. So as someone on the periphery of golf news myself, this sounds like he's got it in the bag, right? No, no, because this is golf we're talking about. And golf is a very fickle sport from time to time. And the margins are so very, very small. You know, we talk about margins in most sports. In, in golf, you are literally talking millimetres and points of degrees and momentum and shifts and how your body feels and all those sorts of things. And so Stephen's coming here to compete, but he's up against some real young and up-and-coming talent, guys who have succeeded you know, overseas and played really well in the Asian tour. And quite often, like you say, you don't really know much about the tours around the world. There's a lot of golfers in the world. There's a lot of quality players. So look, he'll be one of the great competitors. It's just more important that's, that he wants to be here. What's your golf personality? Are you a sledger or or a supportive person to play this with? Is a gentle, this is a gentleman's sport. Well, yeah, but people become different people on the golf course. I'm, I'm just... Be honest. Well, I'm in awe of watching them firsthand. I'll be honest to you. And the fact that I've been in a competitive environment before. Now, I'm not a sledger. I'm actually in the other way. I'm just... Um, I'm very much a supporter of anyone who's out there. And I like and appreciate when people play great golf or good golf because I understand how hard the game is. I, we're a tough crowd, Kiwis, you know. We're a cr- I was out there walking the fairways and watching some remarkable golf being played. And it's a hard clap. It's a hard it's a hard task getting our crowd to recognise. It's just stuck it to eight feet. That's a great shot, you know. So, do you have to maybe do a tap yeah, well, dance I'll tell you what, there's very much a bit of the old polite golf clap going on from time to time. I'm a bit more vocal on that in this regard because... Um, it is when you get it right. It should feel good. It's just like anything. Indeed. And just finally, because I got you here, Super Rugby Opiki, the women's comp starts this weekend. What are you most looking forward to this season? Already I've seen a, a pre-season game um, last weekend and the quality of rugby I saw from the two sides, uh, the Chiefs Manoa, oh, they played the Blues, and you could see that they've had a little bit more time to prepare. Everyone's come in a little bit better in terms of understanding how good they need to be. Everyone's conditioned a little bit better. So all of a sudden, what you're going to see is you're going to see a lift of intensity. Um, I'm looking forward to the month or two trying to defend their title is what I'm looking forward to doing. But what we do know is that everyone will have taken a step up. They're really starting to realise their potential. And so we're starting to see the best of them. Sky commentator Jeff Wilson, all the best on the green. And hey, at least you know you'll always be New Zealand's best golfer. And more importantly, uh, two of us. go the Highlanders. It's Highlanders Blues this weekend. Go the Matatu, go the Highlanders. Simple. Job done. Thank you for joining us once again for News of All Sport. Proudly brought to you by Sky, your sport unrivaled. And I'm glad you always get your little plug in there for your team. You can watch the New Zealand Open presented by Sky Sport Live on Sky Sport 6 from 2.30pm each day between now and Sunday. And you can also watch the opening round of Sky Super Rugby Opiki with back-to-back matches live on Sky Sport 1 from 1.30 this Saturday. Sky Open will also have live start coverage of Chiefs Manawa v Hurricanes Poa from 2pm. 
great news, frequent top-tier Air New Zealand flyers, because even though we may be staring down the barrel of ticket price hikes due to the proposed Auckland Airport upgrades, that's another story, if you're a regular Air New Zealander, there are plans for some new perks the airline says are fresh and exciting after it surveyed some frequent flyers to get an idea on what customers want. Here with all the details, we all want to know, is Stuff Travel reporter Brooke Saban. Brooke, kia ora. Kia ora. Brooke, first and foremost, how did you get your hands on this proposal? Because shouldn't these be completely top, tippity-top secret until we know what they actually are? They sure are, and I've been wanting to get my hands on them for years. And I know that two years ago, just after the pandemic or the worst of the pandemic, Air New Zealand started to completely rethink what its airpoints program was like. And I kind of imagine that there's some big dark room with a whiteboard with all the ideas of the perks they want to give everyone sitting out there. And what they did last week is they put that in an email and they actually sent it to a select group of frequent flyers so that they could rank the perks. Mm. And what I can guarantee you they didn't bet is that my name was anonymously (laughs) on there. So So they excellently sent it to a travel report. (laughs) I would love to say that these exclusive details are because of great skill. But that's pure luck. (laughs) Mamma mia, Chef's Kiss. What is the most major perk that's being considered in your opinion? Well, the interesting thing here is they want to sort of design your own perks, which is going to be quite attractive to a lot of people. But I think the one that will get the headlines is the new elite lounge at Auckland Airport. So in domestic and international, they're looking at putting a new super exclusive VIP lounge in there, perhaps my guess is with things like table service, so the buffet is out the window, Um, and this will only be open to elite flyers. Now that means people who have reached the gold elite status with Air New Zealand, which means you have to get enough status points, which essentially means you have to do a lot of flying. Mm. Now one of the biggest ongoing complaints, and I'm sure people have seen it or experienced it firsthand, is the Koori lounges at Auckland Airport are just overflowing with people and it's not a great experience sometimes. So they're wanting to be a little bit more premium there and create a new lounge. Another perk that I think could get a lot of attention is checking in from home. So this is where a van would come around, I'm assuming it's a van, and pick up your bags from either the office or home at a pre-allotted time. Uh, my gut feeling about this, I'm getting real Chappelle Corby vibes. I don't want to. Sp- I don't want to <laughs> lose my bag. You know, I don't want anyone I'm to fiddle with it. That. The reality is, I'm a forgetful person, and I'll need to have a shave, and my shave will be on the way to the airport. <laughs> it's too late. Like it's already that. packed. <laughs> This all sounds well and truly delightful and super great perks, but they're just for the elite of the elite, aren't they? Anything there for the minnows? Myself? Uh, yes. So, Imogen, what uh, status are we? Do you just care to divulge <laughs> to the public? I will admit, as a reporter, I have I, I did get flown around to report on various things around the country, so I would have achieved gold. However, it's about to run out, and I'm not going to be able oh. to maintain it. I'm so gutted. Yeah, that is hard. So, yes, they are looking at perks for everyone. So the entry level is jade. You have to do nothing but join. Great. After that is silver, and after that is gold. Um, I didn't get sent the list of perks that they're considering for those different levels. But yes, good news is on the way. So there is going to be other stuff for other people. Any idea when any of this might actually happen? No. I'm, I mean, that's Brooke Saban. I'm off to the airport. Um, no, <laughs> I'm hoping this year, um, but Air New Zealand are not telling me anything. The other big issue here is Air New Zealand is facing really stiff competition from Qantas. 
out of Christchurch and Wellington, Qantas is now more dominant than Air New Zealand. They have more flights and market share where they really want to keep people flying with Air New Zealand. So that's what's behind um, some of these perks. So they'll be keen to get them underway, I would say, this year. But they're officially not telling me. Brooke Saban, Stuff Travel Reporter. Thank you so much for detailing all of these wonderful, wonderful things that probably many of us will never get to experience. My pleasure. As I said, my days as a gold Air New Zealand member unnumbered. Uh, it's 5th of, 5th of March, in fact, to be specific, is, the day, is, is when it runs out. So uh, that is Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. I'm off to go try and find out how I can get 100 odd air points in a matter of days. Happy Friday. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tad to you about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, I think Chris, that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.